Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And we're going to finish up our series on how to deal with difficult people. And this one I really like because I think this one kind of encompasses everything, right? The first show we did was on toxic people. Right. That are your narcissists, your gaslighting individuals that are just flat out toxic. They're there to control you. They're people who you need to exit from your life. If you can, if not, you you generally need some professional help in dealing with those people because it's very destructive to you because it's not, it's all about controlling, controlling you. Mm -hmm. Then we did a show on just dealing with difficult people that we are all difficult, (laughs) right? At times we're all difficult. We're all passive aggressive. We could all be tanks. We can all be too passive. Whatever our default is, Mm -hmm. sometimes we're just way too much of it. That makes us difficult. And we all fall in that category. We kind of talked about how to deal with other people, how to deal with yourself when you're being the one that's difficult. And then today we're going to talk about specifically personality differences and value differences. Right. And this is what kind of puts the glue together for all of us, especially in the work environment, uh, social events, really. So it's like, you know, when you go to a social event, it's like, oh, you know, we just really clicked or "Mm, I didn't like them at all. Right. For no good reason. Because sometimes you're going to really, really like people. And and again, you're going to have this instant connection with people. And sometimes you're just not going to like someone that everybody else likes and they just rub you the wrong way. And this is what really helps us out because when we were doing the research on it, It'll kind of explain that to you. Right. And then it's normal. And it's normal. And you just find workarounds. And So everything we're going to talk about today is really you can find workarounds. Sometimes your value differences may be drastic enough that you just can't, you know, find a happy medium. But most of the time, dealing with difficult people when it comes to personalities and it comes to values and things like that, we can agree to disagree. But you have to understand it. And you understand where you're coming from. You have to understand where they're coming from. And I think that that's the most important part is once you understand it, then you can do the workaround. Right, exactly. Because that's the basis of it. If you can understand where what somebody's why they're doing it, their story behind it, because everybody has a story. Most of the difficulty when we're difficult or when people are being difficult to us, it's because of their story. Right, and and just as a caveat, um, actually doing this show. I actually kind of learned a lot because every day I leave work, I always tell the receptionist, oh, have a good day. I'll see you later. And she never speaks back, mm. ever. And I'll walk out there and like, you know, I'm always n- nice to her. I don't understand why she doesn't actually say anything to me. And, and then after we've done the show, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. That's just probably who she is. That's probably who she is. She doesn't mean nothing by it. And everything I'm putting on it is because of me. So. And the funny thing is that if you stop saying have a good day to her when you leave, and she'd probably be like, I wonder what I did to him. I wonder if he's <laughs> mad at me. Even though she's never responded to you, that very well could be an important part of her day, right. even though she doesn't acknowledge it to you. Because, again, everybody has a story. Everybody has a reason of why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, We talk about the tip of the iceberg, that only 20% right. is out, 80% is under the water. We don't see those values, what we're going to talk about today. We don't see a lot of personality traits a lot of times of individuals. So... A lot of that discomfort that we have with other people are from things that we will never even understand why they do what they do because we make judgments on people's behaviors that is a 20% out of the water and don't focus on why they're doing what they're doing. 
And that, that, that really did help me because now I don't even focus on that anymore. I still say bye, have a good day. And whether she says anything back or doesn't say anything back, I'm okay with that now. So yeah, see, that's perfect. And that's that's because it's that's about you. And you right. can only control what you control. We can't let other people dictate how we show up. If you want to be a kind and nice person and you want to say good morning or good afternoon to somebody, even if they don't reciprocate it, then you just do it because yep. that's about you. It's never about them. Absolutely. And that's what's going to be really good about this show because now you can put your finger on it. It's like, oh, Betty is like that. Oh, Ralph, now that makes sense why he does that. So, you know, we're really going to dig into that personality differences. Right. And so... As you have done your research on this, like you always do, you found four different types of personality differences, right? Now, these are called all kinds of different things. The most uh, notorious or most common is going to be your Myers-Briggs. Okay. Right? They're going to break it down into different personality types. There's the DISC test. There's unlimited amount of tests. You can go online. I encourage people, once you, if you, this interests you when you look, listen to the show, Go online. You can get free personality tests online where you just answer a bunch of questions and it will tell you where you fall. Because we're all a little bit of all of them. Right. But most of us generally gravitate to one primary category, even though we do have characteristics of all of the other categories. So one is kind of like our core. Correct. And one is our our go-to, our default, our comfort zone. Okay. We're going to go with uh, the most general terms. Okay. Again, Myers-Briggs, you're going to have, you know, introverts, extroverts, you know, feelers and perceivers and stuff. So different tests are going to offer you different things. But they all fall in the same basic four categories. It doesn't change. They just call them something different. Gotcha. So they are the expressives, the amiable, driver, and analytical. Well, and just so you know, everybody out there... Dr. Stewart gave me a little uh, hint on because I was like, amiable. <laughs> I can't say that. And, yeah. and so she broke it down for me. Amy Abel. <laughs> well, so the expressives are gonna are gonna be your extroverts, your leaders, your assertive personalities, kind of your drivers are gonna fall a little bit under that as well. They're people-oriented, they're those feelers. Of mm-hmm. the world, right? They always need to be seen and heard. A lot of them have big, boisterous personalities. They're the life of the party. They're those big extroverts that are just flamboyant a lot of time. They're flashy. They're very colorful. They talk a lot. Uh, they're big picture thinkers. Okay. Right? They tend to be somewhat disorganized. Um, <laughs> they're very, very social. They're your creative people. People. They're your sales people. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so... You know, it, with those type of people and communicating with them, right, they're, they're, some of the characteristics are, you know, you don't want to send them long emails, right? Because they have their attention span is that very Minute. short, <laughs> right? So, but they, they're personal, right? They love people. They want to be around people. So you want to call them on the phone. Right? You want to go visit their desk. You want to talk to them in person. So that way they can feel that connection. They, exactly. Okay. And then, then they can, you know, and it's generally going to take a lot longer than normally you would expect. So far longer than, say, somebody that you're dealing with as an analytical person. Right. But, yeah, so they're going to be... The whole story behind it, you, you, we know those people, now, right? Now, they kind of like storytellers. Like, sure. they're, they're out there. They're like, oh, you're not going to believe what happened to me today, and I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. There is life of the party. They're, they, they talk with their hands. Yeah. And, and there's extremes to this, right? We know oh, people sure. who are, you know, very expressive. That is their whole life is uh, a social interaction with other people. 
And then you have people that are expressives that still gravitate towards this primary characteristic that are not necessarily as flashy and not necessarily as flamboyant, but that's still where they draw their energy. Because mm-hmm. a lot of this is where do you get your energy your, from in your personality and your those type of characteristics. You know, like a lot of people can be extroverts, even though they have an introverted personality, they can be a salesperson, but it drains them. So they go home and they're exhausted. Doesn't mean they're not successful at being an extrovert. It just means that that's not where they draw their energy. So your expressives are going to be people who this truly builds them up. People just make them feel good and give them energy. And the more people around, the story around, the more flash they are, the more excitement's going on. Yes, bam, this just... Because for me personally, I am not an expressive, and that exhausts me. I can do it, but it completely exhausts me, and I need a timeout from it. But some people, this is the, if they if they are in a timeout from this, then they really struggle because this is where they get their energy. This is where their personality comes from. Mm-hmm. And these are great people to be party planners, your front service desk people, oh, okay. your receptionists. You want them to be people, people, right? You want Mm -hmm. them to be able to greet people and be happy with people and make people feel comfortable and share their stories. And that's who you want in those jobs that require people skills. Right. Well, like you said, we all exhibit parts of these personality traits. So for me, I think I could do this because I think I'm an open person. I think I like to talk to people in blocks, Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like I'm very energized after I did this. I'm, I, I, I'm feeling good. But I don't know if I could keep that going all the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when we're talking about this expressive person and this is their dominant personality trait, we're talking about somebody that is like this 24-7. <laughs> and okay. we know those people. Oh, true. And, or even if they're not 24-7, that's where they get their energy and they need it. They need to be around other people. They're not people that can sit home by themselves day after day. They have to be out and about. They have to be around people to get to recharge themselves and to feel good about themselves because that's who they are. Right. And I can see that. We know those people. So now, yeah. folks out there, you're listening. Now you know, oh, Ted, that makes sense. So <laughs> if you right. know Ted in the office or you know Ted as a friend, and now you know Ted's dominant personality traits. So then the next one is the amiable, right? Those are, they're kind of reserved and slow pace. They don't like change. Mm. They're, they are generally good team players. So they're kind of, they're good with people. Okay. Even though they're not your expressives that are your, necessarily your big party people, but they're good with people. They're very personable. They tend to want everybody to be happy. They want everybody to like them. Uh, they don't like conflict. They're generally sentimental, very emotionally attached uh, a lot of personality types are going to call these as passives. Okay. So they, they're not going to be the take charge. They're going to be your steady eddies. Okay. Right? They really need people to like them mm-hmm. and to appreciate them and to acknowledge them. And they need to feel good about being around people, kind of like the expresses. Right. But in a different way, not in a flashy way but in a more personable way where the where expressives are out and about with other people and they want to in, engage with other people your ambivalent people are going to be more about internally that they feel good about themselves because they you know people like them and they're people you're generally your people pleasers well so 
if I'm getting it straight, so in that way we can get a clear understanding. So an expressive is somebody that's going to seek it out. They're the ones yeah. that go to parties and and really plan your party. They're the party plan, planners. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're getting in there where and the amenable. Those are the folks that kind of they they want to be a part of a team. They want you to like them because they got that personal connection. But they're not going to go seek it out necessarily. Right. Well, they want it more in a stable, calm, okay, like um, a subdued, passive way. Got it. Okay. Again, they're most commonly called passives. Okay. One problem that they run into is that they just are generally people pleasers. So they can get walked on. They can get taken advantage of. Uh, they can't because they need to make everybody happy. They need their environment to be conflict free as possible and as calm and steady as possible. Okay, I can see. I relate to some of that because, yeah, if I right. want it to stay stable, it's just easier for me to do. Right, and it's easy to be passive about, you know, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to get involved in that conflict. I'm not going to fight that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to be flashy. And are these the agreeables? They, yeah, they're always exactly. agreeing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right, too. Oh, you're Generally, right, too. <laughs> because they don't want conflict, they want to be passive, they want to be uh, everybody to like them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, though, when you spend all of your time trying to get to please everybody, you end up not pleasing anyone. And then that just kind of dog chasing their tail with mm-hmm. these guys, because then you feel like you're not good enough. And, you know, and I can see those that. type of things. But they generally like one on one conversation. They are generally not very quick at responsive. They have a long. They need to process. Oh, okay. So they take a lot of process time. Some people take a lot more process time than others. So you can't get a quick, simple, fast answer because they need a process. That would make sense, though. If, you, if you're really wanting people to like you, you're actually putting that a part of your decision-making in there. So Exactly. And you want to make, make sure mad? that you yeah. give the right decision. They don't like that because they don't like being put on the spot. Because, again, being put on the spot is getting in the limelight, of which they don't like, because they want to be passive, they want to be subdued, they want to be in the shadows, as opposed to your expressive that wants to be out in the limelight. So you don't want to put them out in that limelight, because that is not as a safe place for them. Uh, because harmony is so important to everything. When you're expecting a quick answer, when you're expecting a quick response, when you're expecting somebody to jump when you call them, that does not create harmony. Mm-hmm. And so though these type of individuals are very uncomfortable with that. So again, in the work environment, as opposed to an expressive that you need to not send an email, right? You need to go talk to them or whatever. These are people that want that one-on-one interaction. So you can go maybe pull up a chair, sit next to them, um, you know, ask about the picture of their dog on their desk and then get into the conversation. And But don't expect an answer right then. Don't expect them to just pull it up and say, yeah, I'll get that to you tomorrow. Yeah, so when you're going it's up not, to Bob, Bob, you're I need this answer today, and they're like, yeah. no. <laughs> and they they're generally people in in excess. Again, we talk about everybody is in a, you know somewhere in this pendulum of you know if if you're following this personality type, you know some will get polarized. You know if you push too hard, if you put them on the spot, they will freeze. And this is not the personality type, folks, to take to a game and put them on the big. Teletron and propose to him, right? This is not no, right, exactly. No, that is that generally no. That is that probably would be a very bad idea. Well, but that's what your expressive would do, right? Yeah. Because they want to be on the kiss screen and all that stuff in the ball game. Your next is called the driver, because these are detail oriented, task oriented. You're they're thinkers of the group, 
They're very motivated by achievements and trophies and those type of things. They love status. They love symbolism. They're very classy. Okay. They generally have a real problem with people that they find as incompetent. They have little tolerance for people that are incompetent. They need tangible results, and they get to the point very quickly. Then that sounds like, I guess, what I would classify, if you're talking work terms, as a CEO or something like that. Right. Well, your CEOs, or a lot of them, are going to be your drivers or your analyticals. Okay. Because, yeah, they're generally very quick-thinking. They're task-oriented. They get to the point. Uh, These are people that you want to send an email to. Because they don't want you coming to their desk and bothering them. (laughs) They want you to just get to the point, tell me what I need to know, give me the information that I need. So you can see the problem with somebody who is an excessive driver with somebody who is an excessive passive, Right. right? I need this now. And then they don't get it because now you've completely put that person on the spot. This is a passive. And now you're making them uncomfortable. And now you can have real conflict. Between those two type of people. Right. I, I guess this is what a, a good example of maybe a surgeon and him or her picking their team to, be, to do surgery with. Because right. they're not going to pick people that, I, I, I need the stethoscope or whatever it is right now. And they're like, okay, give me a moment to think about this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the truth. Exactly. And I would say that somebody who is a very passive person, that's probably a bad fit any way that you go. But there's great fits for those people. Okay. Sales, where it's very quick-paced, very fast-paced environment, is generally not a good fit for that type of person, where a driver would be fine because they can make decisions quickly. They do have tangible results. They like the end result. They like the accomplishment of finishing something. They move on. They move very, very quickly. They process. They think very, very quickly. And so those are good fits for those type of jobs. And again, we're talking about people that this is their dominant personality trait. Because for me, yeah, I can think, I I have, again, blocks of this. Right. You know, I'm detail-orientated. You know, I'm driven by uh, results, and I want to achieve things. But I don't need that 24-7. You know, when I'm looking at somebody like a CEO or uh, higher management or a surgeon, I'm thinking, man, that's a lifestyle. You know, it's like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's the thing. We're all, we all fall into some of these. We all have all of these personality types. Mm-hmm. We just default to and are more comfortable in one or maybe even some. Because I really fall in the analytical and the driver. I, I think I kind so of bounce too. back and forth. But I think you have more amenable in you than I certainly have in yes, me. Yes, I would agree with um, that. But going on to the fourth is the analytical. They're generally very reserved individuals. They are slower paced than your drivers, right? Your drivers are boom, 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 boom. Yep. I need move, an move, answer. Move. We can now, move now, on. now, move on, move on, move on. Where analytical has those characteristics, but they're far slower paced, mm-hmm. right? They take more time in making a decision They're because they're driven by doing things right. Drivers aren't necessarily driven on doing things right. They're driven... On the final result, the accomplishment, the, okay, it's good enough, move on, where your analytical person is going to be far more, no, I have to do it right. So right. doing it right generally takes a little bit more time than the driver that's just going to push through. Mm. You know, your bull in the channel shop kind of push through like we talked in the toxic right. show or the difficult show. You're not, your analyticals aren't necessarily going to be that because they're going to need a, a slower pace to actually make decisions. 
they need a lot of detail. They have a strategy for everything. Mm-hmm. And anybody listening that knows me says, oh, yeah, because I have a strategy <laughs> for everything. I am 15 steps ahead of every possible scenario that could go wrong. They're not into appearances. It's funny. I watched a YouTube video, and it talked about these four different personality types and what kind of cars they drive. And, and you know, these are the people that have the old car because, you know, my philosophy is the best car that you could ever have is the one that's paid off. <laughs> so I definitely fall in this category because they're not into appearances. They're, they're not flashy dressers as opposed to your expressives, right, that are right. always dressed to the nines. And they would BMW. never go out of the house without the makeup, without the clothes all in yep, place. all the jewelry on. And, exactly. Yep. These people are not into appearances. They don't care generally what other people think of them. Um, like me, don't like me, they don't care. As long as they can go about doing their business and doing what they do, they don't care. Uh, they think in those details. They need the details. They're generally very serious people, um, so they don't <laughs> have a very good sense of humor a lot of times. They need lots of information. They need lots of stuff mm-hmm. because you never know. Again, <laughs> anybody has been in my house, you never. if one is good, five is better. <laughs> so you never know when you might need it whatever it is so they like a lot of stuff they generally are surrounded by a lot of books because they really? may need to look something up at some point and as i'm know. staring across at a big bookshelf <laughs> i guess that explains a lot about you <laughs> that's right so they they need all that information they always have a plan generally that plan is in the minute details and again when we're addressing these type of people again they don't generally want to be around a lot of people they're not your people people. They may be successful in doing that. Right. But they're generally going to draw their energy from being alone and working by themselves, doing projects maybe as a team. But they have their own piece that they're responsible for because they want their own detail. They want their own responsibilities. They don't necessarily want 15 people having a hand in a pie that they're responsible for. Right. So emailing them as opposed to coming and sitting down at their desk with them is probably best because now you're now you're just annoying them because you're distracting them right. because they're focused, they're very serious, they're very detail-driven, they're very task-oriented on a project, and then you come down and you want to talk about, you know, what their kids did at the ball game last night. They're not going to be rude like a driver, right, that are going to be like, you know, just stop talking to me and give me the number I need and just email it to me because I don't want you coming back at my desk. Right. They're not going to be rude like that. They're better addressed in short, crisp emails. Give me the information. Give me the detail. Give me what I need. I'll give you what you need, and then we move on from there. So these are kind of the people that, when you're at work, they're the behind the closed doors, right? Right, yeah. Your driver's probably not going to necessarily be behind a closed door because they they want you to get them what they need, and, and they, they don't even have time to even open the door, right, because they're boom, 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 moving fast, fast, fast. But, yeah, you're... Analytical people are going to probably be behind the closed door working the spreadsheets. If I need information, I'll ask you. Right. In fact, I think that we talked about uh, in one of uh, preparing for one of the other shows about difficult people that I, I worked a job. I had four or five different people, administrative assistants that worked for me. If I would come in and bypass them in the morning, no one would get anything done because then they were like, oh, did Dr. Stewart's coffee not, did we not make coffee? Should we have gotten donuts this morning? They would have focused all day on what it was I was upset about because I went straight to my office versus going and talking to them. Because these are people that were generally expressive right. type people. 
that needed talked to in the morning. They needed affirmed that everything was okay. They needed to know that, you know, last night I had a good night. And, and I realized this very quickly. And so I would always stop on my way through and, you know, talk to them for a few minutes and let them know that everything's good. And, you know, you're all doing a great job. And this is our plan for the day. And then I would go to my office and shut my door and don't bother me unless you're bringing me information. But if not, it would be all day long, right? Do do you need some more coffee? (laughs) I know where the coffee machine is, right? No, I, you know, knock, knock, knock. Um, You know, do you need need us to do? No, if I needed to do something, I will ask you. Right. But yes, so these analytical people are the closed doors that can, I think, perceive to be rude. They can because one reason because they are very serious. They're not your jokesters. They're not your life of the party people. Well, are they kind of to the point? They're very to the point. To the point, I think sometimes of being rude. Right. It's like, well, did you come in here to ask me a question, or do you did you come in here and then people are like, oh, I, I you know. yeah, I just saw I saw that I, your door was ajar, and I thought maybe you want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was open like a quarter of an inch because it didn't shut all the way when right. I went to the bathroom. No, that was not an open invitation. <laughs> but your expressive people, and even your passive people, your ample people, right? They're going to be. Well, we want to have a relationship. We want to talk to you. We, I, I need to know that you like me. I need to know that it's okay. I need to know that, you know, you're happy with what I did yesterday. And So would anal- analytical people, would they not make good bosses? Well, I think they could tend to not make good bosses. Okay. Because they can be very short-tempered unless they understand the people that are working with them. And I think it what personality types are working for them. Right. If you have a analytical boss with a driver person that works for them, that relationship is probably going to work pretty well because it's going to be very short, sweet to the point. Your driver is going to give you results, 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 results. You're going to look good all the time and you never have to leave your office. I think this is excellent for people to know because think about this. If you were an analytical person and you're sitting in your office right now and it's like, man, I'm not getting along with half my team. Right. And you, seriously, you can sit here and listen to this and now know, well, yeah, that's my dominant personality trait. Maybe I need to formulate my team as such. So then that way you can be more effective, right? I mean, that Well, in the sense. example that I gave, you know, I inherited those people when I took that job. Right. And they were great, amazing people. They were great workers, but I had to put out an effort that was not comfortable for me to make sure that they were comfortable in their work environment because of who they were for me to be successful. So, you know, we, in the other two shows we've addressed that we've had individuals say, why is it always me that has to put out the effort to these difficult people? You don't. But if I wanted to be successful in that job, I had to do that. I had to spend, no matter how much I didn't want to, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe a half hour of my day of sitting and talking to people to be productive for the next seven and a half hours of my day. If not, those four people were generally not going to do anything other than excess about what Dr. Stewart's upset about because she just went in and shut her door. So again, we're talking about if you are an analytical person and you wanted to sit there and think, man, my team is not gelling the way I think. And you do not have the option of, you know, and you should not take the option of 
getting rid of people. But, you know, but if you don't have that option, then you need to take on maybe a bit of an expressive personality. So then that way you can make the gel stick. Exactly. Okay. And if you're the boss, you're the manager, that's your job, in my opinion. It's your job to make sure your team works. And the best way that you can make sure your team works is to understand who your team is. Well, and unfortunately, we do live in a society that you don't need people skills. You just need a skill to be a boss sometimes. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. (laughs) But... But listening to this, I think that could help people because now you know that this is your dominant personality trait. If you take on just a tad bit of another personality trait, this right. might change and pivot everything right. in your department or at home or with friends. Right. Exactly. Well, I think the driver and the passive, the animal person, I mm-hmm. think is a very easy thing to see. Right. Right. Because your passive person, you know, they need a happy work environment. Right, they need people to like them. Where the driver just wants to get the job done without interruption, mm-hmm. you can see that conflict. Right. What happens is, is that your driver will bark at someone because they didn't have the information, or they're taking too long because your amateur or passive people are gonna they can't process that quickly. Right. So then they say something that upsets the person, and that person goes back to their desk and frets all day. Because now this person doesn't like them, or why were they mean to me, or why didn't they talk to me this morning when I said hi? Mm-hmm. And now you've lost productivity. Where I think you know this is kind of what that driver's responsibility is that they need to take it. And if you just simply say hi at the water cooler in the morning, this other person will be far more productive the rest of the day. Right. If you just simply say, "Wow, that looks great. You did a good job." That yeah. amiable person is going to take that and just flourish with that and do f- far more uh, work and better work because now they feel good about themselves. You like the, what they did. They, you know, you like them. You're nice to them. Where if you were just very curt and, you know, I don't have to talk to anybody in the morning. I don't want to talk to them. Now you've created your work environment that is not going to be as productive. But I think that this is really important for people to really understand, hey, if you are a driver, which is fine, and now you know your personality types, now you can tweak it. Because, again, I think that's what we think as individuals. Well, why should I have to do that? Well, now that I have more information that, well, this is my personality type, but if I just take a tad bit from the expressive in the morning, you know, just sprinkle on a little expressive in the morning, and then that way you can help people get through their day exactly but it's really about what do you want out of those relationships do you want a better relationship with this person because better relationships are generally going to mean more productivity right so if that's what you want you generally have to put out a little bit of effort to get it and that's going to be reciprocated you know and then that one day that you don't say good morning they're not going to ruin their whole day where if it was every day So, and that's the thing we're talking about, the passive person as well. So, if you're passive and you just need to sprinkle on a little driver in the morning or sprinkle on a little expressive, uh, you know, in the afternoon, we're not saying change your whole core personality, but maybe you need to modify it to help out. Take on just a little bit. Well, and your expressives and your passives are going to be far easier to do that. Um, Your passive person taking on driver characteristics it's going to be really hard as opposed to your driver just being friendly. Right. That's going to be easier. They're not 50-50. <laughs> One's going to be a whole lot harder than the other. Right. Because the well, expressive... Let's take you out of your comfort zone, right? Well, exactly. And they're just not they're just not characteristics that those people are going to be able to really model 
well. Okay. As opposed to a driver can, you know, you can say good morning and move on your way and kind of roll your eyes a lot easier than you're going to get somebody who is a passive to be more aggressive. It's just, it's going to be far more right. difficult for them. The, the weighting of that is not equal. But your expressives and your passives are have very similar characteristics. One's just more flashy than the other. So those people are going to have a lot easier time to work together. They're right brain thinkers. They're both creative um, they do uh, tend to be extroverts. They need people to like them, so they're going to have that in common. Okay. And Because they can better understand each other because they have very similar characteristics. The same with your driver and your analytical. They're going to have more similar characteristics than, say, your analytical and your expressive. Those people are going to clash. Right. And your passive and your drivers are going to have conflict right just naturally by personality those people i just don't like them because i'm an analytical person and i don't like the you know showboatness of it it makes me uncomfortable so you just tend to not like that person i guess ted's driving a bmw today i you know i i don't know why he cares about that you know right exactly he complains about he doesn't have enough money but he's driving a bmw and that (laughs) so an analytical person is going to be like well you're creating your own problem there i don't feel sorry for you at all and but that's an expressive part of their identity right and so we need to understand that that's just part of who they are it certainly makes sense it makes a lot more sense now you know, one thing, it was interesting. I saw a few videos on this. I had never thought about this before because, you know, we've said this many times in our shows that, you know, it's all about the golden rule that you need to treat people the way you want to be treated. <laughs> and I I think I have a paradigm shift on this. I think in action that's true, but I think in personality, I, I think that is not true. I think that we definitely need, well, in all of our relationships, personal and work relationships, we really need to treat people the way that they need to be treated, not the way that we want to be treated because we're never going to be successful at that when we're, you know, as an analytical person with an expressive, if I treat them the way that I want to be treated, that is not going to be a good relationship because they're not going to be able to identify with me. As you said, with the the driver needs to go out of their comfort zone a little bit. So I think we need to understand who we're dealing with and we need to treat them the way that they need to be treated. Just because I want to go to my office and shut my door and not talk to anybody that is not productive for me. That is not good for me in my work environment. I need to swing by the office and talk to people and be nice to people and greet them in the morning, even though that's not important to me. It's very important to them. So I need to treat them the way that they need to be treated, not the way that I want to be treated. So essentially what we're talking about is knowing your personality type, knowing your dominant personality types, you know, trying to modify that, whether personal, um, well, I guess it would expand across all areas of your life, right? Personal, Yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, we're not generally going to get involved in personal relationships with people that are completely different than us, unless that's what you're attracted to. You know, I guess we've seen people get involved with people that they have no business being with because all they do is fight and have conflict Mm -hmm. because of these issues. But that's not going to be a norm, I don't think. So most of this is going to revolve around people that you meet or your friends or your spouse's friends or people that you're forced to interact with at work that are just different than you. Mm -hmm. And understanding that differences are good. It's a kaleidoscope of different people that offers a wonderful view if you can actually try to understand the other person. But I think first and foremost... You have to know what your personality type is, and you have to know what your default is, honestly, 
Because, you know, again, a lot of passive people are going to be like, that's a bad thing that I'm passive. That's a bad thing I can't make a decision. That's a bad thing that it takes me a long time to process, especially if they're dealing with a lot of drivers or analytical people in their life. That, mm-hmm. that is, to them, that is a bad thing. But it's not. That's who you are. You need to embrace who you are because your personalities are established by the time that you're five. You're not going to have a lot of changes in your personality throughout the rest of your life. So accept who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Because God created you to be who you are. Your strengths are yours. There is a place in this world for everybody. The passives have a very, very important place in our work environments and our home environments and our friendships because they're the glue, really. Mm -hmm. Because they're the ones that, you know, are your people who try to make everybody happy. They're the ones that we can see what that everybody happy looks like. They're the ones that model that way for us that is very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so they are, even though they think that they're, a lot of them think that their, you know, qualities are they're, they're not very good. They actually are the glue that holds everything together, in my opinion. Well, and it's good that people can understand, know, and really embrace their personality differences because, like you said, they're the glue so it's not that you're necessarily being walked on. There are cases, sure. Right. But if you know who you are, you embrace who you are, especially your personality types, then that way you can modify it. Like you said, just sprinkle on a little other type of personality traits right. here and there. So then that way it can help you out. But yes, do I believe that knowing what your personality type is absolutely will help you 100% exactly. in the future? And the more you understand yourself, the more you can understand other people. That's a and very good point. You can you have better relationships when you understand people. You have more successful relationships when you understand where other people are coming from, especially when it's personality differences that are things that are generally not going to change. So you can find workarounds, you can modify things, you can know I need to send an email to this person, or even though I hate getting up, opening my door, walking out of my office and walking down the hallway to sit and talk to Sally Sue because she's an expressive, I'm going to get far better results if I actually have that personal interaction, if I share that my, you know, kid hit a home run in T-ball last night, you know, those type of things. If you understand what that person's need is, you're going to be far more successful all the way around in your life and you're going to get the best out of yourself and you're going to get the best out of those people you're dealing with. Fully 100% agree. And if you are the leader, no matter what personality type you are, it is your responsibility to sprinkle in the other type of personality traits exactly that right. help them. Exactly. You are the person. And you need to maybe intervene in some of these relationships that you know that you have a toxic person from our, you know, our first show, or you know that somebody is being difficult, or you know that you have a driver that is a tank that is just rolling over somebody who's passive, again, you need to understand the dynamics of your people and you need to intervene in that because that passive person is probably just going to quit. They're not going to be able to handle that. They're not going to be able to fix that. You need to intervene in that and you need to cut that off at the pass. And that involves you knowing your people. Absolutely, 100%. I think that this was an eye-opener for me at least because now that I know what kind of personality traits I tend to gravitate towards, you know, and make a core relationship with, I think it's much easier to sprinkle in the rest of it. And that'll give you the opportunity to find your fit wherever it's at. Right, exactly. Well, speaking of that, let's talk just a brief overview of how our personality types kind of intermix with our values. 
I think the values is another thing that really impacts our relationships with people and how we interact and how we can be difficult. So we did a whole show, so we're not going to focus too much on it, on ethics, morality, and core values. So if you don't really know what we're talking about, go back and listen to that show, and this will make a bit more sense. But people who have value differences are going to have conflict if you're in extreme, mm-hmm. especially, you know, let's say religion. Right. Uh, somebody is not religious at all somebody is a very, very religious person, you're going to have a conflict in that relationship, even though you shouldn't necessarily take that to work. But those are going to be things that you're not going to generally be able to overcome. So those are things you need to find workarounds, maybe meet a happy medium on, because your values are going to be those rules and guidelines for your life, right? So if you can see the difference just in religion of how people are going to rule their life differently, their behaviors are going to be different if they come from a different paradigm when it comes to just religion in general. So an example, so honesty. It's going to be very difficult to be around a toxic person, our, our first show, mm-hmm. right, that is a toxic liar if you hold the value that honesty is important. You're probably not going to find a workaround for that. Those are probably an area True. that you need to exit. People that have a value for, say, adventure, the difference between the expressive and the driver are going to be drastically different, mm-hmm. right, when it comes to being an adventure person. But again, you can find workarounds on that. You can find compromises, middle ground. We talked in one of the shows about bravery. That's a that's a core value. It's hard to be brave when you have people in your life that are gaslighting you. Right. From our first show. Because bravery is really perseverance with self-confidence. And that is almost impossible when you have people close around you that are convincing you that everything is your fault and that something is fundamentally wrong with you. So it's going to be really hard to be brave or hold that value of bravery around that individual. Somebody who values, say, inner peace, they need to be comfortable with who you are. And it's hard when you're surrounding yourself with downers or people that are very um, negative or those drivers even that Mm -hmm. are just, they're task-oriented, driven, 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 driven with a passive person or even analytical person. That they're going to take your inner peace from you because they're so focused on winning and achieving and accomplishing. That's not peaceful for right. a lot of people. So that could create conflict in your relationships. People that are action-oriented, again, your analytical versus your expressive, it can, that can create a lot of conflict. Trying to communicate with those people that because your expressives are not going to be very action-oriented, mm-hmm. where your analyticals are going to be far more. So you can, again, you can see conflict in that. You can find workarounds for that. You can find positive outcomes for that. Those are not deal breakers. Fairness is a, is a core value, a belief that it, life is supposed to be fair. Right. And it's very subjective. Um, but toxic people don't care about fair. Well, that's true. You're not going to find They're a workaround on them. that. <laughs> exactly. And then again, back to the religion, right? Religion is actually a huge one in the world that we live in, especially in Indiana where we are, because it literally is a way of life as much as a belief sure. for a lot of people. So I think depending upon the relationship, most people can, you can find a workaround on this one by communicating and accepting differences in people or just avoid the topic. I was going to say, you know, for just me, just avoid the topic. Yeah, it, it it doesn't matter. You know, speak speak whatever you want to speak. Don't, don't try to cram it, I guess, necessarily down my throat, but then I don't need to cram my beliefs down yours. Exactly. So exactly. Let, let it be, let it rest. Nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> so understanding personalities is really important. Uh, understanding that people have different values than you do. Again, that's going to be really hard. The tip of the iceberg again, you may not realize where their values come from. And so you may they may have a different story than you. Right. They may come from a different place than you. 
And some of those things may create conflict if you just take a moment to try to understand where they're coming from or understand what they believe. You don't have to believe it, but if you can understand it and respect that they have a right to it, there you go. then you can find a workaround. That's right. Well, Christy, do you have a final thought for us today? I think one of the greatest gifts that we possess as humans with a thinking mind and a feeling heart is really the ability to learn. And one of the greatest things is learning what we don't already know is kind of figure out how to deal with people that are different than us, especially if we like that person, right? Or we want to like that person. What they can teach us about our differences, you know, why they value what they value and why that works for them. Because just because it works for them, we think might not work for us. But if we understand how and why it works for them, we may tweak something just a little bit. And I think that's always a good thing because you do not have to agree with them to understand them. And maybe that understanding can shift your paradigm just a bit to open up a whole new way of thinking. Say, again, religion, for example, understanding why they believe what someone believes and accepting that it works for them, even if it doesn't work for you, is really vitally important because it really matters to them. That expands your understanding of the whole of people in general, the values around religion, because it's just very powerful, especially where we live. And you hope that you can meet in the middle and at least agree to disagree. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. With toxic people, like from our first show, if you, you got to exit them for your life if you have to. Sometimes they're family or coworkers, and we have to figure out how to not let them trigger us. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of times, even with difficult people, maybe you need professional help in that. Because we tend to beat ourselves up a lot of times when we react, and then we get in a, in a, in a place that we become difficult, and that's not a healthy place. For us, no. because you can't let somebody else being difficult turn you into a difficult person. If we can just switch over and try to have a little less judgment and more understanding, ask questions rather than attacking one is just far more productive. Because basically the bottom line is regardless of what anyone else does or says to us based on personality or difference or toxic or anything, being the best version of ourself is really our responsibility. We both believe that we were created to be extraordinary and we all have the tools that we need to be exceptional. It's really our choices that dictate our lives, not other people. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast or look us up on Facebook and give us a like and let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.